One, two, three, four. Palapalooza, Palapalooza. We're talking to you. I'm Palapalooza. Checking in with Mr. Robert Rive of the Rivers, ladies and gentlemen. See how this horrific year has been treating him. See how he's doing throughout this zombie apocalypse. Alright, ready to go. Robert Rive of the Rivers, how are you, sir? I'm doing okay, Troy. How are you? <laughs> All good, my friend. We are both horror fanatics. Uh, how horrific has 2020 been for you? Let's see. Pretty horrific. <laughs> I think we can we can make a sequel to that movie 2012. Not saying that's a straight <laughs> horror movie, but if we can get John Cusack back, you know, maybe we can make it work. Dude, I'm telling you, like. It constantly crosses my mind that it's sort of like a zombie apocalypse. That's that's true. You know, it's it's funny too because last the last uh, podcast we were featured on, we talked about the zombie apocalypse, or, or the interviewer brought it up, and little did they know what was happening like just a month later. I had that noted down. What podcast was that? Oh, that was a, a local podcast, the local treble clef. Okay, got They're, it. Um, yeah, they're pretty pretty fresh. Cool. I'll check them out. You were also on the Punk Rock Horror Podcast, which is cool. I listen to those guys every once in a while. Right on, right on. Yeah, but uh, my wife is super cautious. So like anytime we go out into public, like I'll give you a specific example. We went on a hike on a trail in a very remote area up in the mountains recently with uh, you know my wife and my daughter. And I'm just close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an undisclosed area. And every time someone would come near us, I pretended like they were zombies, you know? Come on, let's run. Run away, the zombies are coming, you know? Kind of make it a fun game, but... I mean, dude, it's <laughs> it really is kind of scary out there, dude. Yeah, I've been, I've been jogging lately, and... Cool, me too. I've... What is it, like... I've had some of my, one of my roommates said, oh, you probably don't need to wear, have your mask on you, you know, like just avoid people. And I mean, I do that. I'll run in the street when I'm passing someone, but I like to have my mask like around my neck. If for nothing else, just to let the other person know that like, hey, <laughs> you're <I care."> cautious. <laughs> yeah, you care. Yeah. You're a quote unquote believer, I guess. Right. You know? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. And in the, the case that some asshole decides to just walk up and start sneezing on you or something, you know, it's true. <laughs> or or uh, I, I suppose another one I thought is if I'm not jogging, I'm just kind of walking. I guess I could put it on, especially the more people that come by. Right. Yeah. I don't bring a I don't bring a mask when I jog. Um, but that's you make some good points for sure. It's uh <laughs> It's a scary time. It really is. I feel for people that are very cautious and that have um, pre-existing conditions. It's insanity. I mean, I think we're getting used to it and it's quote unquote the new normal, but nothing about this is normal, dude. This is just... No, no, it's not. It's crazy. Two of my uh, roommates, well, my girlfriend for one, but they have, they're kind of like at risk as well. Not, I don't think in a major way, but you know, they have kind of some of those pre-existing 
yeah, pre-consisting additions. Yeah. Like my wife, it's scary. And the elderly, you know, I think I'm really of the mindset that if you're elderly or pre-existing conditions, you should sort of, you know, chill at home. Otherwise, you know, my opinion, live normal, go out there and, you know, I don't know, take that 1% chance. But again, I get everyone being cautious. Sure. But it's, it's one thing to go out and live normal, but, you know, be cautious and safe, like with the social distancing or wearing masks. But it's yep. another thing to just not be wearing anything. Like, um, right. again, one of my roommates went out the other day to see a friend that they haven't seen in so long. And I don't remember where they met. I, I think Balboa Park, somewhere in Balboa Park. But they were sitting like, you know, six feet away from each other. Uh, they had their masks, but they said they saw so many people just wandering around Balboa Park without masks. Wow. Uh, not staying apart at all. So it's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's one thing to want to go out and finally, like, live again, right. but keep it safe. And it's another thing to just, like, I don't know, disregard completely. Totally. Totally agree. I look at it as wearing a mask is sort of uh, looking out for others, you know? Not, not only yourself, but respecting others. And, uh, you know, just look at it like this. Look at it when you when you go out into public. It's like having sex with a really dirty girl. You know, you want to you want to wear protection. Unreal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Double bag it. <laughs> double bag it, which my wife is doing these days. Dr. Fauci recently came out and said, you know, if you really want to be uh protective of yourself, wear goggles as well. You know, you can wear goggles around your eyes because I guess technically a droplet could get in your eyes and, you know, infect you. So my wife That's jokingly true. kind of, she works in office jobs. She, she wore goggles to, uh, to work today. Oh, unreal. You know what I've been thinking about the people who are wearing face shields and nothing else. Yeah. Like I wonder how much that really helps. You know what I mean? Cause there's so much air between the mask and you like, right. I don't know. There's a lot of misinformation, but I've concluded that erring on the side of caution and science is, is best. You know, why not, why not be safe? No matter what you're hearing, no matter what, you know, misinformation is out there, put a fucking mask on. Yeah, play it safe. Halloween this year. We'll talk about Ooh. your band, I promise. But, uh, <laughs> oh, <for sure. laughs> uh, you know, me and you are horror nuts, dude. I, I can tell, obviously, from the theme of your band, uh, The Writhers, and everything you have going on. Uh, I, I thought we'd touch on horror and Halloween a little bit throughout this episode. Um, what are your thoughts on how Halloween is, is going to be this year? You know, I don't know if you have any kids. Uh, I don't have any kids. But before I get into that, I would just like to applaud you on pronouncing The Writhers correctly. Dude. It took a little research, bro. I thought it was Thank the Rithers. You. Like I've I've known of you guys for a while. I'm I'm active in the scene, and I always thought it was the Rithers. But then, um, I didn't want to be wrong, so I I searched around on YouTube and I found a, an interview with you and another band member, and he pronounced it Rithers. And I was like, Ooh, I'm glad I watched that. Oh yeah, was that your drummer? That was. A, a little yeah, band? that's our drummer Rick. Okay, Rick Retreat. Rick or treat. Yeah, I love that. Rick or treat. You can check that out. But yeah, Halloween, what are we going to do? We, are we going to do like drive-by candies, you know, where we just throw candy uh, from our car to kids? I don't know. Not like, to make light yeah. of the situation, but... Oh, sh well, yeah, just pelt kids with candy. I mean, that sounds fun. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, of course, like I don't, I don't have kids and it's, well, <laughs> I don't know when the last time I went trick-or-treating was, but I mean, I'd be down. 
I, I guess I kind of feel for the people who do have to deal with that aspect of it. Right. So I've been comfortable just staying inside for the most part. I do miss the scene totally. and um, doing stuff like that, of course, right. without question. But I think it's getting to my roommates more and they're pretty <laughs> like, they're pretty, um, you know, introverted as well, but I don't know. It's just like really getting to them. And, and maybe it's just because I have been going out a little bit. Like, uh, I, I, I'm the only one with a car. So I do some of the driving or errands for everybody sometimes. And then of course I'm meeting with the band still to work on some stuff. Um, so I've been getting out here and there. I, you, you know what I mean? So yeah. maybe, maybe they're going more stir crazy. Cause I know one, one roommate, uh, the only time they really go out is for like a doctor's appointment, like every other week or something like that. And, right. and then my girlfriend doesn't get out unless I take her to drop off something at the post office or something, something yeah. like that. So I, I can see why it's getting to them more, but, but I mean, Halloween, right? It's a big night, it's a big deal. You want to do something. So I don't know. We're going to have to come up with something. I guess it'd be advantageous. Like, finally time to go to to the drive-in i know the drive-in's being kind of successful these days yeah no for sure man and uh i've always seen this uh, to go back to your point as sort of an in introvert's dream come true <laughs> in a lot of ways you know and enough is enough i think those introverts that you know the video gamers and the the people that just love to chill at home which there's nothing wrong with that but they've just been pushed over the deep end like I think there's a certain percentage of people that will just never be comfortable in public again, man. Sure. Well, but see, that's what my roommates are kind of like the sit on the couch, binge Netflix or play Nintendo Switch or whatever, you know? So it's like they're getting a lot of that. But, you know, they also had jobs that they would either like take the trolley to or whatever. Like they they got out enough yeah. to where they don't have that at all. Now. <laughs> and it's. It must be driving them crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I imagine this isn't just going to disappear by Halloween. I mean, good luck for to you because you're the one who has to worry about that the most. Like again, like as like just single people without kids, like we can just we just kind of do whatever on Halloween. <laughs> but but now I, I was gonna say I was like I feel like Halloween's gonna just be more of the same. It's gonna be like a horror movie marathon. But right. I mean, we're watching TV most of the time, the <laughs> no matter what's going on. So. Totally. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to figure out a way to make it special for us. Yeah. And I suppose if someone puts together a trunk or treat where they've really like thought it out and <laughs> right. I don't know, spaced it out. I just I saw a meme the other day that was saying something like, Oh, kids will be safe going back to school and then it showed it said kids sneezing at school and it showed like Godzilla blasting a, a <laughs> building or something. So yeah. I don't know, thinking about that. Yeah, schools too. I have a seven-year-old, so there's a lot of like anxiousness and uncertainty regarding the fall, you know. And in summer, sure. it was supposed to sort of die down, you know. Everyone was saying, even the the doctors were saying, you know, oh, the heat will kind of make it uh, diminish a little bit and possibly even disappear, dissipate. And uh, and now, you know, numbers aren't going down, and we have fall coming <laughs> up, and they're, they were anticipating a second wave, so... You know, we have, like, some shows were starting to pop up, like, around August, and those have been canceled again. Yep, a couple friends had some shows. Yeah, that's another thing. I mean, I'm thinking 2021, that's what I've been saying for local shows. That's not what I said from the start. That's certainly not what I said from the start, but... 
I think a month or two into it, I was just like, yeah, because I had another friend who was thinking this, um, but I was like, yeah, I feel like we should just be thinking next year. Yeah, I think I think you're right. For normal shows, hopefully sure. next year. For normal shows, exactly. Yeah, yeah we. Can, I'm seeing space suits and uh, protective suits that are <laughs> a possible option, and it's like, dude, what the fuck are we doing? Like, hey, that's gonna be good for any any space themed bands, you know? Right? Could be cool for you guys, you know, rock. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, like, we have to take advantage of this time and like start rocking some Halloween masks in public. I know. There you go. You I, know, I did see a a guy with um, what was it? A jank, a Boba Fett helmet in a parking <laughs> lot. Hell yeah! Like just the other week, and it's funny because you see pictures like that being spread around the internet, like you know, people in like movie masks and stuff like that. But I didn't expect to see one myself. That was pretty great. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, if this is still around <laughs> when Halloween comes, I am going to capitalize, dude, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Michael Myers all throughout the grocery store. <laughs> tons of memes, tons of live video. We'll have some fun. Of course. So, uh, The Writhers, San Diego Horror, Punkabilly, Death, Rock and Roll. Do you want to talk about your sound a little bit? I mean, you just talked about it. Yeah, boom. I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's just the mishmash of these, like, sounds that, like, I suppose in their natural space do kind of cross over somewhat. Right. But uh, I think our goal is, well, we have, I, the way I look at it is we have two objectives. One is that gives us the freedom to move around those genres. Sure. Like if we want to lean more into like a, I don't know, a psychobilly sound, we could. Yeah. If we want to lean more into a death rock goth sound, we can. Um, but at the same time, I, I think it's kind of a fun challenge to distill all of those genres into one song. And we've, I think we've done a pretty good job at least for, for a few of our tunes. Absolutely, man. It's fun music. I mean, there's a lot of diversity on your EP, your last EP, Ghastly Reminders, with songs like uh, Down My Spine. Point Pleasant. It was a bird, creature, something in Point Pleasant, 1966. Pink Twilight, dude. I love Pink Twilight. I mean, it's like, that's something you could rock in a haunted house, for sure. Definitely. That was a fun tune just because we, the practice before we went up to record, we just kind of jammed out some ideas. Yeah. Uh, we, we just knew we wanted to open with something instrumental, but we didn't have anything written. Mm -hmm. So we just jammed some ideas and then the next day, the rest of it came together in the studio. Like, right that's really how it was. It was pretty improvised. That seemed, yeah, I got that vibe from it. But sometimes isn't that the case where like, you know, those the better tunes will just sort of flow out of you, right? It's a, sort of a, a jam session. Oh, for sure. Um, like pretty much all those songs on that album were written in like two, three weeks. Right on. Because my friend Rick, he's big in the horror punk scene and trying to make a horror punk scene in San Diego. Not that there's much, but you know, there's there's bits here and there. So he was hosting a show at Tower Bar. It was like his second, uh, he called it like Spook Show 2 or something like that. Nice. And we had been talking for a while and I was saying, oh, I want to kind of do a horror project, uh, but I don't know 
if it would be done by then, when do you think my deadline would be to finish writing material? And he was like, Thanksgiving, because the show was uh, the 15th, December, 2017. Okay. And what was it? Thanksgiving. I told him, I'm like, or or probably right before Thanksgiving. I was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's jam. So we jammed on that Black Friday. And uh, I think the first one we did was Point Pleasant. That's the first one we worked on, I should say. Yeah, definitely a great, unique sound. Um, other horror bands here locally that come to mind is uh, the Midnight Block. We have played with them once, and and I almost I almost played bass for them. Hell yeah, uh, dude! Be- even before starting my band, I went to like two practices, and uh, I think it, what it really just came down to is. One, I think they needed a, a slightly more talented bassist. <laughs> Two, I was pretty busy at the time, and I was involved in a different band. And since I was busy, you know, I just decided I don't think I could juggle two bands and work, you know, freelance and work or whatever. So, right, yeah, they're good friends of the podcast. I don't know if they would, you know, they're self-proclaimed as horror punk, but I, I definitely get that vibe from them. They, they've been on the podcast, and they're sick. I love them. A lot of their material is is sort of horror based, and yeah, sci-fi horror. Yeah, absolutely. We we definitely we definitely put them in the list if anybody asks what other horror punk bands are in San Diego. What are some others? I'm in Ready, Set, Survive. I have a ba- I mean, I would definitely not say we're horror punk, but I do have a song called Every Day is Halloween, so I'd love to play yeah, with you guys. Yeah. Who, who answers the emails for your band? Because I emailed your band once. Oh, awesome. That'd be me. <laughs> I hope I was cool. <laughs> okay, so we talked like a while back. Like I was trying to put together a show. I think it was at the Marrow. Oh, cool. And I was, I was trying to put together like quirky band like you know diverse quirky punk kind of bands and so i was reaching out to you i was reaching out to the digital lizards of doom yes gabe and galley love them Uh, that was a good episode by the way i still remember that one they're amazing we played our halloween show with them at uh, legacy brewing last year last october it was us uh, Aviator Stash and Hardly Human, which is another one we have to shout out. Uh, not really horror punk, but just a super good punk band. Sure, that's cool. Yeah, I was trying to put together a show for uh, some friends of ours in LA wanted to come down and play, and and they're kind of like a quirky. They call themselves hyper punk. Okay. They're kind of all over the place. Oh yeah, I'm feeling you, that. You can kind of. <laughs> yeah, they're called Q Bomb. If you want to look them up. Q Bomb. Okay. Insert them now. Therapy. I can afford any expertise, so I'm stuck over processing every goddamn thing. I gotta take that time to catastrophize and break apart and analyze every tiny thing that comes to mind. I'm going off of the fucking time. But yeah, that never that show never really came up and uh, you know, I don't know, maybe sometime. But yeah, I think I emailed you and you were interested, but again, like I said, other stuff didn't fall into place. Yeah, sorry that didn't work out. We're we're fully available now, bro. You wanna do it? No. <laughs> <laughs> The Moreau, too. That's my favorite venue, man. I got to shout out Dustin and Paul, the owner, and uh, Shiloh, of course, the sound guy. My favorite venue in San Diego, for sure. I've checked in with them throughout COVID, and they're doing well. Uh, They said that they can keep their doors open for however long this shit lasts, so that's good to hear. Which venue again? You said the Moreau? Yeah, I call it the Moreau. I don't know. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Tim Pyle the says the Moreau, bro. So I, I, I listen. I listen to him. No. We defer to Tim Pyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, does he play you every once in a while? 
on 91X? Uh, yes, without telling us. Because we'll, <laughs> Perfect. We'll, we'll find out later that we were on the show. That was, I think it was like around December yeah. or something like that, that my drummer Rick is messaging me and he's like, oh, Tim played us in July. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he, I guess he played Down My Spine on his block and that awesome. was cool. It, it would have been cool to like tell people, but hey, I'm glad we're just getting played out there, you know? There's no doubt. It's fun hearing your, your music on, on the radio, you know? For sure. Uh, there is no doubt about it. I wonder if you get sick of that, you know? Or I wonder if you become uh, uh, desensitized, you know, if you're Blink-182, if you hear your song. Oh, and hear just your like, song come up. You're like, eh, yeah. whatever. I would imagine you would. That's an interesting perspective. I mean, and, and think about it, too. Like, that's probably a song that they're, whatever song's being played on the radio, it's probably a song that they're required to play at every show. So right. not only are they desensitized hearing the airplay, but like performing it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I would think not. You know, I would think the Rolling Stones still crank up satisfaction <laughs> if they hear it on the radio. You know, uh, the inner musician in me wants to believe that. But who knows? Sure. I, I would think it's, you know, we're human. I'm sure they have good days yeah. and bad days. Right. You know, they change it. Yeah. Sometimes they're into it and sometimes they're like, all right, right. let's get through this. Yeah. But uh, you, you asked about other horror punk bands. So, yeah, like... Uh, Midnight Block would be up there. 13 Wolves. Have you heard of them? I haven't. 13 Wolves. Insert them now. I almost feel like they're the most traditionally like horror punk band in San Diego right now. I can't believe I haven't heard of them. I'll reach out to them, man. Yeah, you should check them out. They, they perform with wolf heads on. And uh, and they oh, yes. the the mouths like actually move when they sing. It's pretty great. That's rad. That's very cool. They sound kind of like Misfits, Wolf's Blood, After Earth AD, like that second album. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a little more hardcore. And it's a little leaning into metal a little bit. Totally. It's that kind of horror punk, I would say. Yeah. I think the only other bands I really think of um, for horror in San Diego would just be like Borderline. Uh, there's a band called Butt Candy. Yes. They're they're very performance based too, so they've got the costumes. And they kind of go out there. Oh yeah. They're pals. Uh, another band would be oh Foreign Life Form. How could I forget them? Foreign Life Form. Yes. Please check them out. There's some young guys cranking out some good stuff. They, act, they do some screen printing, too, and they did our latest patches. Awesome, dude. Us. Oh, cool. Yeah, I saw those. That was your most recent post. You do have some merch available. So, yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, chatting about the horror bands, you got to shout out Creepy Creeps, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. They were inspiring to me as well. I would definitely, definitely put them up there. Yeah, huge. Local legends for sure. And then also uh, the Jasons come to mind. They're not from San Diego, but have you seen those guys? Yeah. But they're from the East Coast. They came out here, though. We, we opened for them. Oh, sick, dude. Yeah, they're cool. They just rock out the hockey masks, right? They all wear the hockey masks. 
Yep, yep. There is there is a band that used to be around called uh, JXV or Jason Voorhees. Hell yeah. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They're like a, a very straight-edge, hardcore horror band. Nice. And uh, they were fun, but they don't exist anymore. But our drummer is the one who started that band. Oh, well, okay. Very cool, yeah. man. Have you just been a horror nut your, your whole life, I assume, as, as you know, from a kid? Just kind of into Halloween and horror? Yes, but I think not as much as some people, like, coming from a different angle. Like, I think, because I came up, I grew up in a very... Uh, you know, like a Christian background. And okay. so not that those movies were like completely looked down upon, but it was like, just not, I don't know. It just didn't really end up on the radar, right. you know, but what I did watch was a lot of old B movies like sci-fi and horror. Yeah. like, I, I feel like the very, the very first horror movie I can really think of watching probably would have just been the original night of the living dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. And, um, I watched tons of Mystery Science Theater 3000, oh, yeah. which has has crappy horror movies and sci-fi movies and stuff. So, so I feel like I feel like my love for the genre stems really from that, from the kind of campy aspect. Have you gotten into all of the horror since you've been an adult? It doesn't sound like you were raised with it, obviously, but what was there like a rebellious sort of uh, inner <laughs> child in you? Oh yeah, but it, it came later. I feel like I don't know. Like I, I kind of had my adolescence a little later, my rebellious streak. Sure. But uh, there's there's still movies I haven't checked off the list. I only finally watched uh, Friday the Thirteenth like a month ago. <laughs> okay, the original. Yeah, I've never seen any of those movies, and I watched it on Amazon Prime or whatever recently. Yep, good old Mrs. Mrs. Voorhees, that protective mother. Innocent Jason, my only child. I've never been a huge fan of Friday the 13th. I always thought they were kind of cheesy, but... Well, what's funny is that, like I said, that's the what uh, Rick's old band, JXV, that's what it's named after, Jason Voorhees. Yeah. And that's not even his favorite horror movie. <laughs> there, I mean, for being in the 80s, I think it was early 80s. Yeah, they, sure. they, they were groundbreaking for sure. Sort of that oh, yeah. first person uh, slasher sort of vibe. But um, you got to watch like any old movie, you have to try to watch it in that context. No, absolutely. I remember when I watched The Exorcist for the first time. I, I got in that headspace and I was blown away because I was just like, man, who did this back then? Your mother sucks cocks and hell. Everywhere from the horror aspect to just the filmmaking, like it was amazing. Absolutely. And we've talked about that before, but I think that was uh, 78 and like people were literally passing out, leaving the theaters, vomiting like. <laughs> yeah. The power of Christ compels you. It was just shocking, you know, like. I want to say the only thing before that really was like Psycho, right? Which was pretty tamed. Definitely in the mainstream. Yeah, for modern day horror, you got to shout out Psycho 100%. I mean, that shower scene. I was reading today, Psycho was the first horror movie to show a woman in her bra and uh, underwear. And it became a staple of horror ever since. Dude, Psycho, I mean, you still watch it. <laughs> and, and just obviously Hitchcock was just the master yeah, you can't you can't say anything bad about him really for for the most part as far as filmmaking goes. No, I could imagine there's people out there that aren't big fans of his style. You know, same with Kubrick. You know, you gotta sure that's true. It's sort of a s slow burning kind of style, but um. Hey, again, like 
watching movies in the context of when they were filmed, like there's just so much groundbreaking about those filmmakers. Totally. I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like maybe this is just me because I just like old stuff anyway. But like, I, you know, I don't know. I feel like a lot of stuff he does is still surprising. Oh, hell yeah. Hitchcock? Even in today's context. Yeah, Hitchcock, even Kubrick, but Hitchcock specifically. My mom was a big Alfred Hitchcock fan, so she had like all her movies, except all his movies, except for Psycho. But I don't know. Not yeah. that she hated it. I don't know. It just probably wasn't her favorite. <laughs> yeah. He was the, the master of suspense, I believe, right? Is what they called yep. him. And I mean, dude, The Birds. You got to shout out The Birds. Oh, yeah. No soundtrack. No music in that movie. And it's about a bunch of birds. And he somehow made it just a masterpiece and uh, suspense, suspenseful and, and horrific. I have the opinion that The Birds is basically the first zombie movie. Like the first, right. what we think of as a zombie movie, like that formula, you know, right. being like uh, trapped in the house. Like, I can't remember the years, but I feel like The Birds had to have come before Night of the Living Dead. And you just, there's so many parallels, at least to the finale of that movie. Yeah. What's your favorite horror movie? What's your favorite scary movie? Ooh, okay. Well, so like I said, like, I like the, the cheesy, campy stuff. But then on the other spectrum, I like the really, like, uh, I don't know, stuffy, highbrow, artsy horror movies that are coming out these days. You know, I like, like... stuff in between. Like, you know, Hereditary. Yeah, okay. And even yeah. that, did you see that Hansel and Gretel movie? No, or Gretel and Hansel? I want to see that. That looked oh pretty good. Oh my gosh. It's like, I mean, there were some people walking out of that movie who were like, that was terrible. And, you know, you'll hear all kinds, but it's a different kind of movie. It's a different kind of horror movie. It's very atmospheric. Not for a kid? I don't know. I think it was PG-13. I, I probably wouldn't let a kid watch it, at least until you watch it first. <laughs> Right, but uh, it's definitely a different kind of take, and I like that. Obviously, we like different and trying to do different things with horror, so I can appreciate that. But a favorite horror movie, uh, I think the culmination of like campy and horror is like you know the Evil Dead movies. Yeah. So I think Evil Dead Two is up there as one of my favorites. Awaken us from our ancient slumber. You are dying. I think the remake's better than the original. You know what? The remake's really good. I don't know if I'd say it was better, but it's definitely it's definitely better than the first Evil Dead movie. You know, you know what I mean? Because how like Evil Dead Two was kind of a remake of the first one. Yeah. But also a sequel. Totally. So if you're just looking at it from that perspective then uh, the Evil Dead movie is definitely better than the very first Evil Dead movie. It was great, yeah. You gotta put Cabin Fever in there too, I think, right? Just for fun, campy kind of movies. No, 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 no. There's no way this fucking contagious fucker's coming in here. That's the thing, is I have this in giant list of movies I haven't seen or that I want to see again, and it just, who knows when I'll get through the entire thing, but... Yeah. Seven has recently made my top five. When I watch that movie, it's just like such good acting. Oh, what's in the box? Like the ending. Have you seen Seven? Uh, no, but I know like a Holy lot of spoilers. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. I need to watch it. Robert, watch it. if you I take know. anything from this, you've, <laughs> really, you've got to watch Seven, dude. Yeah. I used to, I used to want to be a filmmaker, so I nice. definitely, I watched a bunch of like high profile or interesting kind of movies, but Again, there's so many movies out there. Right. You know, who who has the time to see every single one? And TV shows. I guess this quarantine helps, but uh <laughs> 
You know what I've been watching? You know what I binged is the six-episode uh, season of the new Unsolved Mysteries. I haven't watched that yet. I keep hearing good things. It's good. Like, I couldn't imagine being one of these families involved and, you know, they lose a family member and they don't know what happened. It just seems like it would drive you fucking mad. Yeah. But there's some really good, if you're into mysteries, yeah, the new Unsolved Mysteries. And that theme, that theme, it's- dude. <laughs> such a good theme i know that they kept the original theme or like barely changed it so that's admirable for sure we watch a lot of uh my girlfriend's a big forensic files nut and so we watch a lot of that and i know those two shows were kind of running around the same time but they're different aspects of mystery and crime yeah and then you go even darker into like the documentary of you know serial killers uh there's a series that sort of goes into all the Gacy's and Dahmer's. I forget what it's called, but... But it's about different a different, like, killer each episode, or... Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's always in- interesting to sort of see, because these people, they, they just couldn't... For the most part, they couldn't fight their urges, you know? They had yeah. these urges to kill or, you know, do other crazy things that maybe a lot of us have... But they fucking act on them, and it's just, it's kind of, it's, it's scary to think of, you know, that, that a person could have that going on. Yeah, especially when you learn of the aspects. I mean, I suppose, I, maybe there's the really off-the-wall people, but, like, a lot of these people are, like, regular people, you know? Right. So, I, I, that's what makes it the most, you know, horrifying is that, you know, it could be somebody next door. Totally. You never know. Yeah, I like watching. I like watching docs about like cults. There you go. Um, and that that I mean that's kind of the the same thing. Like people like you know just who are really out there acting on like these strange ideas and whatnot. And I I don't know what it is about it. It's just I don't maybe like looking into the way that they understood the world is like trying to like figure out how the world ticks. But you know it's fake. But I don't know. There's there's crazy mystery into it, and I mean that's why I like movies like Midsummer too, because it involves like the whole cult thing. No, absolutely, man. Um, yeah, I think it's just interesting to explore that the the deepest, darkest, you know, depths of our subconscious, you know, and look into like how people were affected by that. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's it. That people's brains are wired different. It's a mystery, isn't it? We don't understand the human brain completely. There's monsters. There are monsters out there, man, especially in 2020. The only monster is man. <laughs> you know, I, I felt like we had to talk about horror movies and, uh, and horror with you, Robert Rive. You know, for a little bit, let's talk about your, your upcoming EP, man, In One Gulp. Yes, sir. You got uh, available now for pre-order. You have sort of a bundle deal going on, right? Yeah, we got the we got the CD, which is going to be uh, six tracks. You've got an intro, you've got a spoken word outro, and then you've got four killer tracks. Which, if you've been to any of our shows, you've probably heard these songs. Oh yeah. But uh, there's some good good tunes, good jams. The CD comes with a fully illustrated lyric book. It's going to be uh, a fun browse a glance to look at and then you can get the poster which is supposed to be a reversible poster but we'll kind of see what happens with printing 
and a pin. The pins came in like a week ago and they look so good. Awesome, man. Not expecting that. And you're releasing, you're actually duplicating CDs. Yes. Who listens to CDs? I don't know. I fucking love it. But the people who are pre-ordering it, I guess, are. The cool people. What I loved about CDs is like, you know, I've talked about this before, but being tangible and like you're doing, reading through the lyrics and... You know, back in the 90s, you would almost pick out a CD before even knowing the band just based off the artwork, you know? Oh, for sure. I I mean, I believe in the whole, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover. But man, sometimes a good cover really sells a story or sells a band. Yeah, absolutely. Any shout outs for the uh, artwork? You've got pens and all of that. Who, Who helped you design those? Oh, me. That's all you, okay. So all that artwork I see, it, it seems pretty complex, like the artwork for the last EP. Is that all you? Yep, that's all me. So you're a designer? Yes, sir. That's what that's what I've been doing like since before being in bands, too. In fact, that's where I first heard about, uh, we talked about Digital Lizards of Doom earlier. Mm-hmm. They were like playing at a, a local San Diego Comic Fest event yeah. that I was tabling at, and I think I didn't even get to see him. I I kind of like said hi to them, but I didn't get to watch him perform, unfortunately. But yeah, I've been I've been like doing zine shows and little comic fest kind of things. Yeah, stuff awesome. like that. Web comics. I've been doing a lot of that for quite a while. That's rad, dude. I'm glad you gave uh, D-Lod a shout out. Digital Lizards. Uh, they're just amazing. I think I misunderstood. Now, baby, what did you say you want to like a dinosaur on meteor day. Really good songwriting, really great at branding themselves and, and sort of, you know, cross marketing themselves with the whole uh, comic book vibe. And they're just, they're geniuses. They really are. And they're great live. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, I guess they're definitely a band on the list for once this is all over to finally catch oh you haven't seen them yeah they're they're right no i haven't yeah they have backing tracks that they play with they're they're really good that's that's the thing is they're a band that i do like i kind of reference sometimes because we want to go that direction too, like develop our backstory more yeah um work on like little comics too stuff like that but but i haven't really i haven't really listened to them much i haven't you know dove into that story yet yeah um are you familiar are you familiar with the band Steam Powered Giraffe? I'm not. Fucking great name, though. <laughs> <laughs> They're from San Diego, too, but they've kind of elevated above the local scene. Like, not in a bad way, but it's just that they have, like, world renown in, in, the, uh, in the steampunk community. Because that's, okay. that's their whole shtick is they yeah. do face paint, like vaudeville robots. And they Hell do yeah. this kind of, like, they've studied under, like, mimes. Like professional mimes yes. to do like these kind of like robot moves and stuff like that. It's That's really right. cool. And they started out by just busking in Balboa Park and playing the county fair and stuff. Amazing. But they do the same thing. They're very theatrical. They have backstory. You can read like comics on their website. And so that's kind of what I want to do too. Steam powered giraffes. Insert them now. I could never walk easily through life. Like it should be where it's easy to get by. We don't even have to try. Going back to your art background, I'm looking at the cover of Ghastly Reminders. So you designed that. What where is that? Is that a venue? It's a hallway 
of sorts that is on the back cover of the Cramps' first album. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just kind of copied that layout. I mean, I did the drawing myself, but it's a, you know, it's a scene where the entire band, like Lux and Ivy, they're all standing, like, different perspectives close to the camera, but hiding just or peeking out around the corner is Nick Knox, their drummer. And so I just kind of thought, well, I'm going to put our devil mask guy peeking out there. Right. I love it. The Cramps, are they big influences of yours? Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. I also think of Deadbolt when I hear you guys. Are you into them? I Again, I like their sound, but I, I haven't listened to a whole lot of them. They would be a big band I'd like to play with right. someday. Yeah, I mean, when you think of horror punk mainstream, I, I, I throw them in there. Obviously, Misfits. Um, yeah. I, I do believe you uh, went public against Mr. Michael Graves recently. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole mess, isn't it? He's a whole mess. It's, it's sad because, like, I've never been a big fan of his in general. And he, he did some good stuff for the Misfits in the 90s. But, you know, obviously Danzig Fuck yeah. stuff is better. Oh, yeah. But my point is, is that I have friends, like, one of our band members was totally into him. Like, he's, you know, Michael Graves' uh, Misfits is who got him into horror punk. And same thing with some other friends. So I, I kind of didn't really care and just wanted to distance ourselves because our first big show that we played was at Brick by Brick in 2018, like right around Halloween. And the headliner was Michael Graves. I remember that. But we were, but we were playing with some other guys. We were more excited about like Argyle Goolsby, formerly of Blitz Kid. Okay. That's a horror punk legend right there. And then Nim Vid, he's another horror punk great. So that's, we were all about that. But that's what finally made me want to say something about what he, what he did, just because I didn't want people to confuse, like, oh, they played with him or whatever. Right. But uh, so again, I didn't really care as far as like, you know, it's not a big loss. Who cares about that guy? But I kind of feel for my friends who who grew up listening to him. They can still support him if they want. I mean, sure. Can you separate the person from the music? We've had this conversation before, you know, like um, yeah, I don't Michael even know Jackson. The- Michael Jackson throughout his history, questionable, true. you know, things that he's done. Um, That's true. Chris Brown, you know, not that I'm a fucking fan of him <laughs> or his music, but you get my point. I think there's better examples. Yeah. Even his dad, James Brown, had some stuff like about his history that, you know, isn't very agreeable. And then maybe not as bad as Michael Jackson, but even David Bowie has some stuff that's a little shaky. And I love David Bowie, but... Wait a second. Is Chris Brown James Brown's fucking son? Yeah. The James Brown? Yeah. Holy shit. Mind blown. Never knew if that. It's not, if it's not son, it's grandson, but I'm pretty sure it's oh, son. But they're related. Yes. Never knew that. Wow. <laughs> Man, that apple fell far from the tree, dude. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know uh, until like a year ago myself. But Crazy. Yeah. Mind blown, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my first influence in music was uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, yeah. Balls of fire! Who was controversial as all hell with his marrying his 13-year-old cousin. And, yeah, it's... Boy, I didn't didn't even know about that. Yeah, yeah, there's a a movie about him. But uh, I always feel for people that, that sort of lose respect for their idols because of of personal shit you know not saying that michael graves was your idol but 
Yeah, oh, but yeah, but yeah, the other people I know, especially in our scene, there's people who are all into him and right. or at least liked what he did. Yeah. But but that is a really hard conversation. I don't even know the best answer. Like, you know, at where do you draw the line at disconnecting the artist from the art? Right. Because obviously, like a lot of art, especially if it's coming from the soul, is coming from them, like directly from them. Right. So, we'll, yeah. But I, again, I I don't know the answer for that. I know it's just it's it's good to call that kind of BS out. Right. Know, yeah. It happens and. You know, who knows? Maybe, maybe someday he can change. I do. I'm all for like, you know, people changing and forgiveness, but you do have to kind of take things with a grain of salt sometimes. Totally. So describe the differences in, in sound between the two EPs that you have, Ghastly and Gulp, I'll call them. Well, <laughs> it's, it's really weird talking about it from my perspective, just because the, the two big things that i feel are different is that the first ep pretty much all the music was written uh you know next to each other and not that it's really connected but it does have kind of like a through line uh, as far as theme Mm -hmm. and uh mood this one to me at first at least it felt more like these are just the next four songs we wrote that were good and we're slapping them on an album but they have been kind of like during the recording process they have been kind of meshing together better and we've kind of like arranged the track listing in a satisfactory way and i think i think it's gonna be very fun where did you record the newest ep coming out soon uh we recorded in orange county actually uh that's where we recorded the first one too at a studio called nothing but a nightmare records nice perfect for you guys yeah well they do that's kind of the reason we're there just because they've recorded other psychobilly and horror punk acts and even some like goth music you know again rick our drummer who's like in the scene he's buddies with the guy who runs the place so awesome, the man. first time we recorded there because he gave us a, a deal but it was like some friend deal or something i don't even remember that's always good now we're just kind of you know staying there it, it does kind of suck because i don't like driving up to orange county <laughs> if i don't have to for sure but uh but half the band lives up there now so Okay. You know, they, it's kind of like, you know, two against two. <laughs> well, actually, our bassist, our new bassist now, he, he lives in uh, Oceanside. So okay. it's not Orange County, but he's closer than I am. <laughs> That's about halfway, yeah. In One Gulp, what is that a reference to? It's a line from the song on the EP called Pulp. Okay. Which every time we perform the song, I... I don't know. I, I always introduce depression and say, let's give a round of applause for depression because that's that's what the song's about. Oh, okay. And it's a very fun song, a rocking song about depression. Gotta say. Sweet, dude. Six song EP and one gulp available now for pre-order. Uh, when is it fully available? On on uh, You're doing CD and digital, right? Yes, sir. Is that August 20th? That's that's that was the the date we're shooting for, but we'll kind of see how things go because we do need to, you know, our editor needs to go through our notes we gave him, and then we'll need to get it mastered and whatever processing, you know, it takes to get it through digital distribution and whatever. So it might be a little behind. August twentieth is the date. 
actually August 20th is when the last EP came out last year. I was looking at that. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are right on top of it, man. Every year. <laughs> yeah. So I was really hoping it's like, ah, let's do the same exact day. Right. That would be cool. I, I'm, I've been telling people late August or September for the full release. Yeah, it sounds like you're going to need some more time if you're still mastering it. And then for whatever reason, I think it's COVID related, but the digital uh, uploads are taking longer to distribute. Like, really? I, I just released a few songs and CD Baby took like three to four weeks. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, we use CD Baby too. So yeah, it takes a little bit longer. Uh, I don't know if they're understaffed because of COVID or, or what's going on there. Yeah, that or people are just putting out more stuff. Possibly. Right on, dude. Nice catching up. Uh, nice to chat with you. We're going to do a quick horror rapid fire segment. All right. Rapid fire. It's modified for the writers. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite modern day horror in the past 10 years. I think you said hereditary, right? Yeah, that or even like Cabin in the Woods was pretty good. Yeah, that was crazy, huh? Kind of sci-fi, kind of, yeah. Kind of comedy. You kind of had it all in there. Best kill scene that comes to mind. Best kill scene. So tough, huh? Okay. I mean, you got to shout out the shower scene, I think. But uh... well, that's that's like especially like horror history right there. But totally. um, and kill scenes, there are like the thing, like the John Carpenter's. The thing is like chock full of, of amazing kill scenes. Those would be my favorite kill scenes. I think is is like over the top eighties yeah. kind of camp. Totally. Yeah. Like the face stretching apart, you know, stretching yeah, like in all half those kind of like shit. practical and stop motion effects and stuff. Like it looks bizarre. Yeah. Some people say it looks fake, but I don't know. I think sometimes that kind of adds to the realism is just like, it's just so out there. Yeah. Carpenter's a legend. My favorite horror movie is Halloween. hundred percent. I think the 78 Halloween just captured the atmosphere better than anything else that's been done, man. No, I think you're correct there. And, and also, again, watching things in their context, that was something else. The totally. whole like first person camera stuff at the beginning. You didn't see that a lot. The only thing I can think of that did that was that Humphrey Bogart movie. I think it was called Dark Passage. Yeah. But the movie begins at the point of view perspective of Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. And like that was completely unheard of <laughs> to not see the star of the movie for the first like 20 minutes of the movie. Totally. Black Christmas, too, you have to shout out. I think that was really one of the first mainstream uh, first-person slasher. Everyone kind of gives uh, love to that. I think Carpenter has, too. But have you seen that, Black Christmas, the original? you got to check that out if you haven't. Yeah, not all the way. It's not creepy as way. fuck. Yeah, it's creepy. This this Christmas. There you go. It's there you go. I know. Yeah, for sure. It's Yeah, it's very bizarre. Uh, I would definitely recommend that. You're getting a lot of uh, good recommendations from this, dude. I know. I feel like people are going to listen to this and be like, what? He's a fake. Has he even seen He's any movies? He's a fucking phony now. Has <laughs> he seen any movies? Yeah, no, it's all good. There's, it's just like music, man. There's so many bands like oh, yeah. that I want to see, like local bands. I think of Schizophonics that I've never seen live. Creepy Creeps, never oh, seen haven't? live. No, I've never yeah. seen. Yeah. Uh, well, I had the Schizophonics on the podcast, so I saw them. Oh, perform okay. uh, but not yeah. like pat beers in his in his element you know yeah that's well that's a different beast oh he's insane sure. i mean they just yeah. won best live band san diego music awards for for what it's worth and yeah they're yeah best uh, they come to mind as being one of those just he's just a madman dude you got to check yeah, out the we, schizophonics youtube 
Yeah, we master our uh, music the same place that Schizophonics records, and I always reference them when I t like you know when he asks like, "What are you trying to sound like?" and I'm like, "Well, like them." Yeah, I want that kind of garagey sound if possible. They so, just released yeah. the full length "People in the Sky." Really, really good stuff. So yeah, shout out Schizophonics, local legends. I mean, I think they tour more than any local band I know. They're just always, always overseas. So yeah, they, they make me kind of jealous when I look at their news, but. But yeah, they're amazing. They deserve it. They kill it. They're on fire. Married couple just living the dream. Living, living That's the, the dream right there. Living Dang. on the road. Making, yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know they were a married couple, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, Pat and Letty Beers, yeah. The uh the singer and the, the drummer. Yep. Awesome. Continuing here, a horror rapid fire. Uh your favorite <laughs> okay. mask in a horror movie. Okay, in a horror movie, because I was about to say the mask, like starring Jim Carrey. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> if we're talking just like icons, like what's good is I, again, I haven't seen this movie, but the scream mask okay. is really good. Like ghost that's face. like, it might as, yeah. Ghost face might as well be like, it might as well have existed long before, you know, any costume mask. Like it seems so classic. Yeah. I remember when that came out in 98, um, I'm, aging myself but i was a senior in high school and i remember seeing it that was a mask that was already a halloween mask it was just a very generic halloween mask that you'd see at you know party city or, or whatever and uh and then i saw it in the movie and i was kind of unimpressed honestly i was like ah oh, they use that but it has become sort of a classic for sure it's added more meaning to that mask for sure yeah it's made it a, a little more creepy Freddy, Michael, Leatherface, or Jason? Freddy. Yeah, Easy. okay, cool. Cool. Describe the Writhers in one word. This is kind of obvious, I guess, but uh, convulsion. Okay. Elaborate. Elaborate? Well, I mean, it, it kind of ties in with the whole writhing idea. Sure. That's kind of, that's the way I like to mosh, like in the pit, <laughs> is not just, not just running in circles, not just shoving people, but like... <laughs> Seizing. Doing crazy <laughs> flailing with your body. There you go. So even before the Riders was a name, like that was kind of a concept. That's something I did that I wanted to like bring into the band. There you go. We want to make you writhe. Yeah. We make you convulse. What does writhe mean? Uh, well, I mean, again, synonyms would be like convulse yeah. and okay. uh, wiggle and wriggle. It's just, it's just, it's a, uh, it's like having a seizure or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. And that that is not your real last name, I would assume, right? No, no. Okay. <laughs> I wish. We won't disclose your, your real last name. We'll keep that secret. That's boring anyway. Okay. Smith. <laughs> uh, not that boring. Uh, yeah, Robert okay. Smith. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Reminds me of somebody. Somebody. Yeah, you got to shout them out too is sort of that... Oh that yeah, vibe. for sure. You know, yeah, for sure. We've we've actually we've been trying to like lean more into a goth kind of sound. Yeah, um, just a, just a little bit. But uh, our drummer made a playlist of like goth and dark punk. He said, "This is what I like. This is what I want to lean into." And cool. definitely, the Cure was on that list. Absolutely, man. Biggest pet peeve when playing a show. Mm. When the band wants to leave early. Okay, when your own band is over it, or a band in general. Yeah, any band, I guess. Sometimes I understand there's things people got to do, but like when I go to a show, I try to show up early and I try to leave late. I want to see everything. I want to talk to everybody. Well, 
I'm kind of introverted in that respect. Sometimes I can't schmooze. Right. Sometimes Rick Rick tells me, "Yeah, you got to schmooze more," and I'm like, "I don't know." You got to network, man. You've got to network. No. I find it. I do find it easier to talk to other bands, though, not just people there, but like the bands performing. Because you know, you have a, an open. You're like, "Oh, you guys were great. Why do you do like this? Who's your inspiration? Stuff like that." Totally. So I will talk to bands. I think it should be a rule that bands stay the whole night. You know, if you're playing a local show and you have four bands, cancel your night. I mean, unless it's like that—that that is your night, that an emergency. Night. Yeah, that—that's your night. You know, to, to support and. Um, Local shows don't always get a big draw, so you know you you take three bands times four. That's twelve people right there. So if if everyone sticks around, that's definitely uh, adds some heads. And if the the band's tightest friends and fans hang, stay to hang out, that's even more people. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. Make it a party. Yeah, that's a good pet peeve, dude. That's a good shout out. Um, what is your favorite show to date? What's your most memorable show to date for the Riders? Oh, man, that's that's great. Um. Play some good shows, man. He played with uh, Michael Graves, your your hero, <laughs> your hero. Uh, no. I, I would I would rather say we played with Argyle Ghouls via Blitz Kid. There you go. That was a good time. Where was that at? He, that was at Brick by Brick. Oh, that, that was that same, same show. show. Yeah, that was the same show. But that's who we really wanted to see. My my girlfriend's a big fan of him and his and Blitz Kid and cool. her like screen name on Instagram is even a reference to one of his songs. And nice. so it was a treat for her. She was standing right in front and he got down and sang like right to her. I think he recognized her oh, from yeah. social media. So wow. that was that was pretty cool. But as far as us performing, yeah. uh, two of my favorite shows I can think of is one. Uh, it was our third show ever. Mm-hmm. We played at this like random sports bar in Lemon Grove. And okay. it was just like we were asked to play by... Uh, the hyperactive slackers i don't know if you've heard of them i haven't they're a a smaller band that's just been kind of like trucking along for the past couple years okay but i guess they answered a craigslist ad to like do live music Mm. and they're like they're like insane because they have some their own material but they have like two hours worth of covers too oh yeah so they can definitely do like live performance and so we opened for them and they provided the pa and this bar had to like move a pool table out of a way out of the way to make like performance space. Right. And we just we just got down. I'll send you the link to like the one. It was like a Snapchat video my cousin took yeah. that's from that show. My God, it wasn't like huge, but it was like insane. There yeah. was like there were hookers there. Yes. Uh, it was like it was just <laughs> crazy. Always was, like, the sign is- of a good time. Hookers, cocaine midget strippers no it was a real dive like it was it was a great time and the bar even liked us we haven't played there again but they were said you guys would be welcome back and we just got down it was it was oh, insane yes. that's so cool man i love it and covers you mentioned do you guys cover anything i think that's always good to have a cover in a uh, set we haven't covered anything for a while but some of like our first cover was hybrid moments by the misfits of course yeah um uh, what else did we cover? We've cut. Co- we used to cover "Fell in Love with a Girl" by the White Stripes a lot. There you go, cool. And that was a cool one because that's one where it's funny because I wanted to start a punk band for the sole purpose of making it like an accordion punk band, right? But just because of timing and stuff, we haven't really incorporated the accordion too much. But when we do that White Stripes cover, that's like an accordion. Uh, set piece thing and that's always a fun time i'm glad you mentioned that that's something we haven't uh, really touched on you play accordion which is different 
I, I, I tell people I play accordion. <laughs> and that's included on a couple songs that I heard on your last EP. Did you sprinkle that throughout the next one? Yeah, the first EP, it's just in the, the Pink Twilight instrumental that you like. But in this one, I think, uh, we'll see how editing goes, but I think there's accordion in every song. Rad. Even if it's minimal and just kind of adding to the background or whatever, but there's accordion in every song. I think you should include that as much as possible live too, dude. That's just my own insight. It's unique. Anything unique is good. I'll tell you why we don't. It's just because it's so hard to mic and I can't like direct plug it in. Totally. And um, it's it also the one I have. My I have two accordions, but the main one I have is like a full-size orchestra accordion and it's huge. Rad. So that's the thing is since we haven't been including accordion, I've been able to uh, quote unquote rise a whole lot more there you and go so that's that's <laughs> become like a big part of the show is like the audience interaction and the movement and it's something we've gotten compliments on so now it's kind of like well geez i hope i can rise while playing accordion or will we just <laughs> will we just have to like only use it half the time i don't know we'll see you have to learn how to get down with that thing dude like throw it behind your back or i think you can do it it's kind of a creepy instrument too you know a little bit Creepy sounding. Well, again, I need a smaller. I need a smaller accordion. You need a smaller one, okay? Yes, there we go. Yeah, check out fucking offer up on eBay, dude. You can find one out there. Yeah, now. yeah. My, <laughs> my my GoFundMe. Yeah, uh, I know. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get... No, I think that's a cool a cool unique thing that uh, the writers do. So that's that's good to hear that that's going to be uh, more on your next EP, man. Um, what's a five year goal for the writers and your music five years from now, aside from you know, playing fucking shows again. <laughs> That's it. We just want to play shows again. No. Uh, Five-year yeah. goal. Let's see. I would like to have, given our current pace, I feel like we could probably crank out like, I don't know, maybe two or three full-length albums in, two, in five years. Okay. Uh, I'd like yeah. to do that. I'd like to dive more into like our background, like as our, as our concept band. Like I said, we've we've been kind of toying with the idea of comics, and uh, cool. and even kind of like we have some dumb ideas for some YouTube stuff that could be fun. There's going to be some characters we're going to introduce that aren't actual people; they're just characters for our stories, including a cockroach guy, yes, and and a kind of Elvira sort of character. Hell yeah! Um, I hope we have a lot more depth in five years. Cool. I want. I want there to be people who are just fans of the stories, people who are just fan, fans of the music, or yeah. people who are brought in for, from one or the other and are just fans of everything. Yeah. I think that's a great idea, man. I'd love to see that with you guys. And I think that that is a passion of yours, too, to sort of include that into your music. So you're not faking it. you know. It's And, and again, oh, going back to D-Lod, uh, hit up Gabe, man. Gabe and Galley, they are... They would be. Uh, they would have some great advice for you, I think, in that regard. Oh yeah, for sure. They kill it with Dizzy, isn't it? Dizzy. They have so many characters. I know Dizzy's one of them. Dizzy Doom, I think. Dizzy Doom, I'm and they, sure. they're always blasting stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely need to hit them up again. I ha- again, I haven't talked to them since we tried to put on that Marrow show, but uh, but yeah, they seem nice. Hopefully, they won't think I'm just trying to 
I don't know. Stalk them or something? Stalk them or something. <laughs> I don't think so, man. They're super nice people. We'll, we'll get a show going together, man. Let's plan for 2021. You know, Ready, Set, Survive, The Riders, uh, D-Lod, and maybe like Hardly Human or something like that. And uh, I look forward to it, man. Again, your, your EP uh, is coming out soon. In One Gulp, six songs. Uh, you got a bundle deal available now for pre-order, and uh, it'll be fully available soon. Let's just say that soon, August, September. Soon. Yeah. So you're going to jam a couple acoustic songs for us. Uh, one is Kill the Monster off your last EP, and the other one is uh, Rot, 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 a preview of uh, one of your singles off your, your new EP. Did you want to talk about that new song that we're going to hear next? Yeah, that new song is kind of a... Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting departure for us because it's a little more poppy. And uh, I think my goal's always been, I don't want to go too pop punk. If we go any sort of popular version of punk, we'd want to be more Ramones, sure. I suppose. Mm -hmm. And so I think this one kind of touches on that. Uh, we did another song that we haven't technically called Finish, but uh, that one went way too pop punk and we're trying to rework it now. But but anyway, Rot 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 is, uh, is a romantic song for you and that person you want to be buried next to. <laughs> and, Yes. And so it's a great way to start the album before we dive into madness. It's going to sound even sweeter as just an acoustic cover right here. Unplugged with Robert Rive. Rot, rot, rot. Take it away, man. Writing extra hard just to make my way Dying inside a little day by day Looking to the point that I can be free Doing nothing at all, just you and me When the time comes I'll dig a trench in the ground In a quiet wood with tombs all around Make it extra deep, make it extra wide With room to lay two bodies side by side Oh, all I wanna do is rock, rock, rock Lie next to you and rock, rock, rock what you want to do today, not a lot All I want to do is rock, rock, rock Join in the fun, I'll bury you with me Molds and decaying pine is all we'll see When they come for us, we won't make a peep Hear the stops above me cause we're six feet deep Can't they read the sign that says R.I.P. Wish they go away so they let us be Looking down at the worms, see that they're well fed Wasted day away because we're already dead Oh, all I wanna do is rock, rock, rock Lying next to you and rock, rock, rock What you wanna do today, not a lot All I wanna do is rock, rock It won't be long Till they resurrect my flesh Pain and waking torture as I am worked to the bone. I'll always be dreaming of a home in the earth where I'm decomposing with a pretty little cunt that I call my own. Oh, all I wanna do is rock, rock, rock. Lie next to you and rock, rock, rock. What you wanna do today, not a lot. All I wanna do is rock, rock, rock. Go, all I wanna do is rock, rock, rock. Lie next to you and rock, rock, rock. What you wanna do today, not a lot. All I wanna do is rock, rock, rock. Let's decay all day.
One, two, three, go! Go! Kill! Kill it! Like shrieks, heads will roll tonight. Damn if you do. So keep your mouth shut or you'll be next. Why can't they accept me? Accept me. Why can't they abide and accept me for what I am? Behold a raging mob with pictures first sight. They see I'm not like them. Now I'm running for my life. Well, I tried to be, I tried to be, but I couldn't think it. At my heels, the end is near, I hear them shout, kill the monster. Go! Kill! Kill it! Rip, stab, and slash. Fresh blood coats the earth. If I keep still, perhaps I'll live to die another day. Why can't they? Accept me, accept me. Why is mankind controlled by fear? Driven actions. Behold a raging mob with pitchfork torch in sight. They see I'm not like them. Now I'm running for my life. Well, I tried to be, I tried to be, but I couldn't think it. At my heels, the end is near. I hear themselves kill the monster. Go! Kill! Before the thing advances, we must take zero chances if we don't understand it. Destroy it! Trembling down the path of least resistance, just as we've done for most of our existence. We know not what we do, we're frightened just like you. Ready or not, blind and dumb, here we come. One, two, three, behold a raging mob with pitchfork torch in sight. They see I'm not like them, now I'm running for my life. Well, I tried to be, I tried to be, but I couldn't think it. At my heels, the end is near, I hear them shout, kill the monster. Go! Kill! Kill it! Kill the monster, kill the monster. All right, man. Sounded great, dude. Love it. Rod, 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 and Kill the Monster. Dude, Robert, really nice chatting with you, brother. I wish you the very best. It's great talking to you finally, too. I'm a big fan. I look forward to seeing you guys live again, man. I, I hope this all ends sooner than later. Yes. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And I hope Halloween happens. <laughs> <laughs> the year without Halloween. The year with it. It will never happen, dude. It's going to happen in my household. It's going to happen in yours. Well, every day is Halloween, right? There you go. Yes. I love it, dude. Robert, take care, brother. I look forward to the new EP. You too, Troy. Can't wait to play it for you guys. Monster. Go! Kill it!
Palapalooza 